At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. This interview is a very special one for me for two reasons. First, the photographer I'm interviewing is one of my favorites of all time. And second, we talked for such a long time that we had to split the interview in two parts, which I think is really cool. There's a lot of valuable information that it's simply impossible to contain it all in one episode. So please make yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. Hello, everyone. I'm very happy to introduce you to Mike Monaghan, who is a portrait photographer and who was one of my favorite photographers, so I'm kind of fangirling at the moment. I'm very nervous, but I'm very excited, and uh, I hope you enjoy these conversations that we have. Hi, Mike. Hi. How are nice you doing? To, did, I'm, it's great. I'm good. I'm doing great. It's nice to digitally officially meet you uh, yeah. after years of being connected on on the internet. Yes, that's right. Oh my gosh. I How long has it been? It's been forever now. It feels like I, like know. I, I can't remember a point in our digital friendship that I don't remember being friends you know if that makes sense <laughs> when um i remember significantly when you featured me on 500 px you were one of their yeah. guest editors and i yeah. got this email and i hadn't been active on 500 px and to everybody listening 500 px is a community of photographers and uh, they sell pictures and it's mainly the, like a gallery based with uh, a lot of cool people but mike uh, featured one of my pictures and i hadn't been active there for a while so i get this email and it says that you know mike chose one of your photos for uh, the editor's pick and got a lot of attention thanks to you and that led to a lot of wow. uh, involvement with 500px to this day so thank you mike i appreciate it <laughs> wow that's cool i didn't know i did that much because the funny thing is I hadn't been active on 500px and somebody featured me and then made me an editor like that too. And then it kind of bounced me back in, but I didn't have it go as far as you did. That's really cool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Please feel free to introduce yourself to our listeners. Like you can mention yeah. equipment you use, where you live, anything you feel comfortable with. 
Hello, everybody. My name is Mike Monahan. Uh, as uh, Taya in introduced me so well, uh, I take portraits of people, um, but I do it in ways that I like to think are a little different or unconventional. Uh, a lot of it is just crazy lighting that looks absolutely insane. But when you actually break down what I do, there might only be like one light and a couple of camera tricks going on. Um, it's hard to explain without you actually seeing it. So hopefully you have a visual here for that. But I actually use very minimal gear too. I have a 5D Mark III, um, a Canon 50 millimeter 1.8. That's the cheap nifty 50 as everybody calls it. I also have a 35 millimeter uh, Sigma 1.4 lens that I use and a 24 to 72. So I guess I do have some gear that's not minimal. Sorry if that sounded <laughs> like I was not saying camera gear is minimal. It is, I've, but I've been having, I've been holding on to that stuff for a couple of years now and I haven't really upgraded for meh, a couple of years, a couple of years now. So it feels minimal to me because I'm not a, a gear guy. Once I have what I have, I kind of just stick with it. But I've been doing this for a while now <laughs> i kind of lost track uh, i've been taking pictures since i was 16 i'm 32 now um didn't been doing the portraits of the fun colors and people and everything for about 10 years now but really in the last two to three maybe four years i say i'd find my my aesthetic and my style that has kind of solidified what my work is and looks like and yeah i uh really love doing it <laughs> and it's been something that's pretty much been my life and that's all i kind of know is taking pictures and making pretty things and and uh being very grateful that i get to do it that's a brilliant introduction for the record and i love the gear you use i actually thought you used more lenses so it's very yeah. impressive that you have uh, just three lenses i think that you use that's yeah. really cool. uh, I, I actually forgot one i have an 85 one point eight i think it is too but that's very rarely ever touched for some reason and actually i probably only shoot with my 50 most of the time if i'm honest most of the time i do change but most of them are 50 millimeter shots because i like to keep it minimal and simple and not have to think about a lot of changing in here and there so it's very minimal when i'm shooting yeah but you do such a great job and that's why you're my, one of my favorite photographers because you just thank you you're just killing it, honestly. I Thank just you. love the camera effects, which we'll talk about later in this interview. And just, yeah, just the way you photograph women, which I will also talk about later <laughs> in this interview. Thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah, overall, I just really love the work. So how, um, how did you get into photography, though? What drew you to it? I've always been into the arts you know, ever since I was a little boy, you know, like little, little, since I can remember. I was always with a pencil and paper or drawing or markers and just drawing and drawing and drawing and making things. My mom was always promoting creative endeavors when we were growing up. We would paint little, uh, I guess they're called sculptures. I mean, other ceramic made sculptures that you could buy at some local shops and we would paint those and stuff like that. There was always creative things going on. Or my dad was a musician, is a musician. And uh, we would have music concerts at our house every summer for, we had it for 25 years nonstop pretty much. And I was always around the arts and creativity. And I think that helped promote that throughout my life. And even growing up, I, I was still the artsy kid. I was the guy that I was always asking to draw pictures for them. And eventually it got me onto the computer. It was about, I think, when social media started kicking off, uh, which would have been MySpace and Zanga and all these websites that I would name off that most of the younger audience won't even recognize. <laughs> but through all that, I started making connections or it was just allowing 
the world to start getting connected more and you were starting to see more things creatively or as an as a, a youth i was starting to see more things creatively and it expanded my horizons which then kind of i think is probably what got me into trying photoshop for the first time because i was drawing on pencil and paper but i was wanting to do that on a computer because i was starting to see a lot of these really amazing uh, digital illustrations through deviant art is where i kind of really skyrocketed off of all of my art stuff and that was probably around 2004 maybe <laughs> um which feels like forever ago when i say that <laughs> and th this is just like me i was like a i was a teenager in high school and uh just started seeing so many different styles of art and it wasn't just a pencil and paper or paint or anything like that there was a whole new world of digital that i was kind of becoming aware of and then, like I said, with social media, I was able to connect with a lot of other individuals and it just kind of started pushing me to try new things. And it's kind of what got me, I think, taking photos, I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, I got I got a little tiny point and shoot Kodak camera for Christmas when I was like 16, I think 17. maybe, And I took probably the worst photos ever, but <laughs> I took <laughs> photos. I don't have any of them nowadays. I wish I did, but it got me clicking the camera and, and snapping shots. And for a while, I still just kind of did that for whatever. It wasn't really, tr I wasn't trying, I didn't have a goal, but it was still, I was making art in other forms, like on the computer, I was photoshopping and drawing stuff for like, I wanted to be a comic book artist at one point. So I was drawing cartoon characters and comic book characters on the computer and then painting them in Photoshop and really teaching myself, but I didn't have any actual training and I wasn't doing tutorials online. I was just opening Photoshop and clicking buttons and seeing what things did. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand. I didn't understand what a layer was or any of that stuff. And I didn't for years while using Photoshop until I finally took some education. But by doing all that, it really just like got me to experiment and learn that I can mess things up and still maybe make something cool if it wasn't what I was intending. And by keeping that mindset, even all these years later is how I still kind of shoot. I can allow myself to mess up and get those crazy effects by training myself all those years ago to do that, I think. And so to fast forward a little bit, I, as I got a little older and graduated high school, I started working at a retail place called Best Buy. I'm sure everybody knows about that um, place. <laughs> and I, and I was, Bounced around that store. I guess I had good customer service skills. I <laughs> did not work, like working retail, but I did it for years. Uh, but at, at one point, I got put in the camera department. And at that same time, I was taking a graphic design degree at my community college. Within like a week of each other, I got put in that camera department and then started my digital photography class. First one I'd ever taken. And I think by the end of that quarter, I had been I had purchased a, an SLR because that class had like opened something to me you know mm -hmm. like i started to understand photography was a lot more than i realized and it really actually kind of pushed me out of doing the graphic design stuff that i was pursuing um i still got my degree in that um i did get a degree in graphic design and a lot of jobs i've had in the last couple of years have been graphic design based but it's always been the camera that's really what um kind of keeps me going and so through all that, I bought the camera and then slowly started taking photos of friends. But really, I was just practicing on um, my toys that I had growing up. Like I, uh, I am a big nerd. I'm sure you've seen that through social media. <laughs> um, but I love dinosaurs. I love sci-fi and science fiction and, and, and monsters and all these things. And I have a huge passion for Godzilla <laughs> and his giant monster friends, King Kong and all those 
And so when I was really starting to pick up the camera and really honing in my skills, I started trying to photograph my toys to make them look like they were in the movies that I watched growing up. Oh, cool. At the time, that photography class didn't teach me much. It just kind of taught me how to turn a camera on and click things and maybe look a little different at the world. (laughs) It didn't teach me lighting or any of that kind of stuff. But through that concept, I started really like seeing that if I move my toy over here, the light changes or this or that, or if I close the window a little bit, the shadows change, all that kind of stuff, I really started to understand. And by photographing my toys, I really honed in on a style and figured out how to photograph things. And by doing that, I started applying those same principles that I was learning. And these photos were all just for myself. I wasn't posting them a lot or anything like that. But then I started applying those effects to my portrait photography. And that's kind of where it all skyrocketed from there on out. Like, I kind of opened up the box right there. And uh, my internet career blew up because that's when I kind of probably came under your radar. I was taking portraits of the models and stuff at that point. And this Mm -hmm. is probably around 2010 or 11. Um, and then it just became a snowball effect of once I started taking the right photos of the right people and connecting with the right people. And I knew my work was starting to become really good because I was nonstop shooting. I, um, kind of, it just kind of started going from there. Um, I was going to school for photography at that time up in Seattle at the art Institute, um, and made a lot of great connections there. Eventually was told to drop out by my professors because I was not gaining anything as one of them put it (laughs) in my my education because I was just constantly performing well, which is, I don't like to say that kind of stuff because I felt like I was there to learn and I wasn't and it's frustrating, (laughs) but I do support going to school for that stuff. But when your teachers see that you're not learning and they want you to leave because they want you to do bigger and better things. That's, it's really humbling. And one of those teachers got me a job at Nordstrom for a while as a assistant photographer Uh, that never actually had me holding the camera, but I was on set in the real world, working with real people doing real jobs. Mm -hmm. And that started to give me more education than I'd actually ever had from school. Like school taught me how to turn on a power box for lighting for a minute and then after a while it just became keep lighting a box just light it differently and light it differently and light it differently and light it differently and do it with color this time and that time and it's like okay i understand this principle and it was three years of that so once i got out i was in a much more open world i guess and uh working in the real world and then that got me out of school and gave me more time to focus on my career too and my social media presence and that's when like i started getting a lot of work via just social media campaigns and interviews and this and that. And, and that's kind of led me to where I am now. Uh, Eventually it brought me down to LA, Los Angeles. And I'm down here kind of trying to adjust the dream. I'm not doing as much portraits anymore. I'm actually taking more photos of my monsters and my toys (laughs) than Mm -hmm. ever because I'm actually trying to do more of that stuff in the real world where I'm actually maybe on the set of those movies, taking photos of the real monster that's in the movie. And it's kind mm-hmm. of sort of happening now. And I've kind of not posted a lot about that, but that's where it's kind of gone. It's been a wild ride. And I, I don't have a, a very conventional path on how I got here. It's been a all over the place kind of thing. And there's details all throughout that story. But I, I've been doing it for a while now. And it's like something I never expected to go the way it went, I guess is what I'm just going to say there. 
photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Yeah, it's a very exciting journey and I'm very impressed by it. And I like that you started out with drawing because I did too. Do you still draw? Yeah. I Every time I try, I get severely disappointed in myself. So <laughs> <laughs> I probably should keep trying to draw, but I don't have the patience for it, I think is what it is. <laughs> well, you should keep trying yeah. if you want, because I feel for yeah. me, personally, it's a good way to take a break from photography, actually. I, and I should, yeah. I should. Um yeah. Because I don't do much more creative outlets besides doing photography as much these days, and I probably should uh, take it and put it in other directions instead of just taking pictures. <laughs> uh, it's just I don't have the patience, I, or I just don't know. I don't know what it is. I've tried many times, and I just don't. I don't do it anymore. That's <laughs> okay. That's fine. I mean, yeah. you're really into photography, so I feel like that's, yeah. that's um, good enough. Uh, but I do like that you have this unconventional experience with uh, photography and how you discovered it because. It could be very encouraging for people who are listening who feel like they can't approach photography a specific way because of a uh, lack of resources or because of their right. circumstances. So I think you will encourage a lot of people thanks to your life stories. Cool. Thanks for sharing that in detail. Cause yeah, I, no, I'm, all, I'm all about breaking the rules and doing things differently. And as long as you're really passionate and you believe in it, I, I mean, I fully support that. Um, I knew what I wanted and I knew... I wanted to fight hard for what I wanted and it was a lot of awkward transitions to get where I am. A lot of sacrifice and like, like I said, dropping out of school <laughs> was one of them. And uh, not a lot of people would recommend that, but I did it. And it honestly was probably the better route for me, but not everybody would have that same experience. I can't promise that if you dropped out of school, you'd have a, you'd have a career explode for you afterwards. That sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah, everyone's different. Um, do you know Nicholas Scarpinato? I don't, I'm sorry. He's a fine art photographer, and I remember reading on his Tumblr many years ago uh, that he supported people going to university because he personally had a good experience with it. So mm -hmm. everybody has their own experience. So it, you don't have I, to, you know, I made great friendships and connections there too. And like, I would never pass that up for the world. And it got me more work later on down the road because of those connections remembering mm -hmm. me in college and then it got me a job for a couple of years with some of my old classmates which turned mm -hmm. out to be in the building that was my old school too because they mm -hmm. got bought out it was it was a really weird situation but like I ended up working with my classmates for about three or four years in the building we went to school in for a different company it was interesting but I wouldn't have got that job if it wasn't for the connections I had at college but yeah. I also left them all and didn't graduate with them like I should have <laughs> but uh it's fine <laughs> I, I moved on yeah, it's uh, it's all about 
and staying true to yourself and following your path and not necessarily feeling like you have to follow anybody else's path because the way that you're going right right now you're going in the right direction if you're following your passion so to anyone listening just yeah. remember that it's it's okay to do what's right for you even if it's not very conventional yep yep um so I support that you use a lot of cool camera lighting effects in your pictures they're very vibrant as you said and yeah. you're very creative with them and you often tend to use like very simple props and maybe even one light, as you mentioned in the introduction. So mm-hmm. how do you plan your shoots beforehand or if you even plan them? Or do you just kind of impulsively work in the moment with what you have? It's kind of all of those combined. Um, <laughs> if I say if I'm shooting with a model or doing a portrait shoot, um, most of the time there's there's a conversation of what the vibe will be like. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe if it's outdoors, I might put together a mood board in, say, it's a grassy field at sunset. It'll be a lot of grassy field photos and maybe what the, the, the outfits could look like. But it doesn't have to exactly be that. Just like look at the photos, kind of feel what you feel. Here's what I feel. And we'll combine our thoughts and see what we make out of that. Sometimes I might send something to the model and they come with things that I had not expected at all from what I had sent. And I still go with that uh, because it's a collaboration. And then with the lighting, uh, a lot of it is in the moment. Um, I might play with a color that I'm feeling. Maybe if I'm really digging yellow at the moment, I might focus on making the photo shoot have a very yellow theme to it. And maybe yellow is the color of the entire shoot, but the portrait's are what really bring it together because um, the light, I'm really not sure how to answer this question because it is different every single shoot. I most of the time am surprising myself by the end of it because it's never looking like it was planned if there was Mm -hmm. a plan. (laughs) Um, If I do make a plan, very rarely it goes accordingly (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. or or look anything like I want it to or any, anything. Um, So yeah, it's it's kind of in the moment, and it's asking the person that I'm photographing to be patient sometimes, because it doesn't always click right off the bat. Some of those photos you've seen of mine might have taken two hours to get that one magic shot, and I ask for the patience, and usually I get it because there's trust there. And when there is, I still I I, I find that I I make my most magical work. But a lot of it is just feeling the vibe. If I'm with the subject of the model and she might be sad or he, it might be a he or she, um, might be feeling sad that day. Maybe maybe we're talking about it and my color scheme starts to turn a little bit more blue or something like that. Um, might not have been intentional at all. It might have been we were going to go for rainbow photo shoot that day and she showed up not feeling the best. So it might have shifted towards a more emotional blue color and a lot of what you see in my work is maybe how I was or the model was feeling at the time and I like to think that my work can show that um, but uh, yeah I'm kind of rambling here but I'm not sure if I answered that question properly because there's not really a plan I guess is the answer. <laughs> yeah, no you totally answered that with so much beautiful detail I really like that and I think I'm also pretty spontaneous when it comes to photo shoots because I take a lot of self-portraits and I yeah, don't know what to Beautiful expect. self-portraits. Amazing, amazing self-portraits. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, but I, like you, also feel like it's in the moment. It depends on the mood. But when I'm working with myself, obviously, I know how I'm feeling. But I yeah. can imagine it's even more complicated when you work with a model. Because as you said, they might 
come to the shoot feeling sad or really happy or whatever the mood is and you have to shift towards that and that means you're very thoughtful as well which I like because instead of forcing your mood onto them you let their mood affect your photo shoot and turn that into creativity so I think that's a a really cool answer and a really good way of working with models in general Mm -hmm. thank you Uh, so you primarily photograph women as I've noticed Mm -hmm. and I love your portraits because they're very they're very authentic and respectful and I'm wondering how you make your models feel comfortable, especially if you don't know them very well. Um, a lot of the time I like to spend time with them before the shoot, if I can. Uh, maybe it's getting coffee or we just maybe have uh, 45 minutes to before the shoot actually starts going that we've spent time talking to each other. But I'm, I'm one that doesn't hesitate to get right to the to the nitty gritty and talk about feelings and stuff. <laughs> and that's usually what I think allows people to open up with me um, because it allows us to be vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable with somebody, I think it's, you're allowed to be the most intimate as possible. And I think that I like to think that that does show through my work. Um, maybe not everybody agrees. It sounds like you see that, um, but I hope that my work achieves some type of, uh, for the viewer, at least, able they're able to see the emotions that we're getting out through the model. And I mean, not all the time is it like we're talking about sad feelings or anything like that. Like I mentioned earlier, we might just be having a good day and we're just feeling that. And we're just, the energy's there. And um, I don't know. I, I like to think I'm pretty personable and I'm a very empathetic person. So I kind of just match the feelings that came to me. So I try not to put maybe i but i probably do i try not to put my life into the shoot i try to make it about them and when it's more about them and not about me i think that's also when it makes the image better because they are obviously the subject i just have the pleasure of capturing them in the moment like i do yeah you and i agree with you completely i personally find that your pictures are very personable and you as a human being are personable as well it's very easy to talk to you and it's very easy to even though I've never heard your voice before this interview, I felt like I knew you through your work, even though you didn't take self-portraits that much. So through cool. your photographs of other people, I felt like I knew you as a person. I felt like you were very relatable. So I think that really shows that you connect with your models and are very vulnerable. And I like to advocate for vulnerability in art because, <laughs> yeah. as you said, it does help people relate to you and it helps people see you as a human being rather than just some two-dimensional person online who has this perfect life like it's easy to do that of course but i think it's uh, much more rewarding to connect with people and models and followers and everything in that way where they feel like you are just like them yeah i mean we're all we're all in this together and like i wouldn't be able to do what i'm doing if it wasn't for them so i appreciate their time and yeah I, i'm not sure how to say that but it's it's a team effort <laughs> Exactly. It's more, it's all them. It's a lot of them too. I mean, I I work with a lot of the people who inspire me, and um, I'm very grateful to work with the people I've worked with, friends and colleagues and everything. Yeah, been very grateful, lucky. Yeah, I'm sure they're very grateful for you too. I like to hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, you live in LA, right? And it's uh, it's overflowing with avid photographers. I mean, I know so many photographers who are there, and it's just this saturated community. So how do you stand out commercially in a community that's so full of different artists? It's a great question. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> um, 
I'm still pretty new to LA. I've only been here about a year and a half. And I got lucky that I landed a full-time job in the creative industry fairly shortly after getting here, about six months. Um, and it's allowed me to not have to necessarily worry about the competition as much. Um, but it's because I've been kind of taken away from my personal work. But that's okay because I love what I'm doing now. Um, but a lot of it, I find it's the loudest voices that get the most recognition and attention for obvious reasons. When you're very loud, people will notice you. Um, mm-hmm. Not not saying that the loud people are not talented either. It's not what I'm implying here. Um, but I do find that my personality type might not be the most perfect fit for somewhere like LA sometimes, where I'm very reserved and quiet and um, keep to myself. And a lot of LA is not that. And it's Hollywood. So there's a lot of Hollywood with it. And I um, found that right off the bat that I have to put myself out there a heck of a lot more if I want anybody to even notice me. And um, where I was from in Seattle before I got, I was very grateful that I had a great community of friends because the community is a lot smaller. We all kind of scratched each other's backs there, helped each other out. I don't have that down here in LA just yet. Um, I mean, I'm still building my community, but it's tough. It's very tough. And I don't recommend just coming out here if you don't have uh, an established portfolio already, or if you're just looking to make it, because you're going to have to hustle really, really hard if you're coming out here without being fully prepared. I came out here as prepared as I could have been and still struggled right off the bat, very hard. <laughs> and I'm glad I waited to come when I did. I was supposed to come to LA much earlier uh, in my career, and I think I would have crashed and burned pretty hard because I. It's a little bit too egotistical at first because um, the city's tough <laughs> mm-hmm. and you have to fight for what you want. And if you don't have the hustle, you're not going to make it. And I know personally, I don't always have the hustle. <laughs> uh, completely honest. I, um, I'm very much in my own world sometimes and it's hard to keep up with it all. So if you're here to really go for it, you're going to go probably go far if you really have the work to back it up, I think. But then also, like I said, sometimes the loudest individuals are the ones that get the most work. And they uh, can get the work because they're there. And if you're there, you get the... I mean, it's one of those, if you show up, you can get the work. And if I'm not showing up by putting myself out there, it should be no surprise that I'm not getting the work or anybody else who might not be putting themselves out there. Yeah, that's that's, uh, kind of the way I see it. I'm very aware of my situation and uh, also very grateful that I'm in my situation so I don't have to kind of hustle as much anymore. Yeah, no, that's very good advice for people who are looking to move to either LA or any other major yes. in the world, because that's an important thing to keep in mind. I mean, of course, it is good to be ambitious, but you have to be realistic as well, Absolutely. especially if you want to be a full-time photographer. I know for a fact that that's a very difficult job in general to yeah. pursue, because it just it just is. <laughs> so yeah. many things go into it, and so many there's so many competitors, and really depends on where you live and your circumstances and your connections. So yeah, it's important of course, to build a community, but if you do want to move somewhere major, then definitely uh, do your research and uh, yeah. and also have the work to back it up. So that's my exactly. advocate because I know a lot of people that have come down here and their portfolio could have used a couple more years of refining before <laughs> making the shift. And then 
it's unfortunate because I've maybe seen those individuals not make it. They maybe lasted six months and came back home. And then they're the ones that don't necessarily speak so highly of LA. Um, when mm-hmm. I do believe this place is pretty magical. It is a messy place, like a lot of people see it as, but it's got some magic to it. And give it credit where it's due. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really appreciate Mike's honesty. It was refreshing to find out about his unusual experience with photography. And I think that breaking rules once in a while is a very good idea and can help you a lot in the long run. In part two, which is coming out next week, you'll find out about Mike's practical lighting tips, ideas for improving your portrait photos without models, which is really cool, and much more. It's a fantastic segment that I hope inspires you to experiment with new things. I can't wait to share it with you all. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.